Welcome to the Conscious Fire Culture. We give you direct access to healers, practitioners, and shamans as we explore alternative medicine for wildland firefighters. The mission is to break the stigma of mental health in wildland fire and lower the suicide rates. Our intention is to guide you through a transformation that creates a ripple effect in our community. Welcome, I'm so excited you've made it. All right, check this out. Mountain Mind Tricks and the Wildland Wellness Foundation are coming together for this amazing collaboration. This is going to be the most powerful thing to come to the wildland fire community in a long time, I think. And that is, you know, master plant ceremonies mixed with holistic medicine, with acupuncture, chiropractors, the breakthrough session, all these things coming into one to support you, the wildland firefighter, to help you regain your mental health, your physical health, and get back to peak performance as soon as possible. Because when we work with master plants and essential oils and acupuncture and chiropractic and mental emotion release, when we put all these together, it is a powerful transformational experience that really it's it's beyond words because once you're touched by the divine once you're in touch with that healing energy of the universe with that innate power for you to heal yourself there's no stopping it it's like a runaway train it's like you're gonna start healing you're gonna have a transformation that has this ripple effect that goes beyond just you and your family but to your crew to your fire station to your you know your workstation to your forest, to your region, to the community. And really what we want to do is is give you the most amazing ceremonial experience and back that up with the integration. How do you take those experiences and come back to 3D reality and implement them? Implement those lessons, those realizations that are so deep and profound that your entire life changes. How do you integrate those? You know, one of my great mentors once told me it's like, you get a puzzle and all the pieces are all spread out but then you get to start putting that puzzle back together into a new way a new possibility a new way of being and that's that's what the foundation is working on you know the first retreat is the end of january of 2022 and if that's interesting to you i want you to go to the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com check that out and just schedule a call with melissa and See if it's a good fit. Again, that's wildlandwellnessfoundation.com. The foundation of Mountain Mind Tricks is the breakthrough sessions for wildland firefighters. And it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my entire life is to guide somebody through an awakening experience, remembering that they have the power to heal and giving them the tools to release the anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt from their past, and to truly release it, to let it go. When I see these transformations in my clients, it's like night and day. There's before the breakthrough session, and then there's after. And there's just so many times that their transformation touches me that I I cry. Like It's so powerful and joyful to see that transformation inside them. And and there's, there's so many modalities out there. There is acupuncture and traditional therapy and plant medicine. and But I love the breakthrough session. I think it's an amazing adjunct to all these other things or even Western medicine. And the breakthrough session is so important to me because it's what changed my life. It's what allowed me to completely let go of my anxiety and to move forward and to become the healer that I am today, to start my own company, Mountain Mind Tricks. Like that's, that's because of the breakthrough session. Without that, There wouldn't be any of this. And so if you're interested in a breakthrough session to really overcome the blocks in your life, to let it all go, to really step into your light and be who you know you could be, if you want that to happen for you, just go to mountainmindtricks.com. Go ahead and click that button, Alternative Mental Health. Scroll through there. If it looks like something you want, let's, let's schedule a discovery session. Let's just chat about it. Let's have a talk to make sure it's a good fit. So again, go to mountainmindtricks.com and click the alternative mental health button.
Welcome, everybody, to the Conscious Fire Culture Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Anne Martin, joined by Thomas Worm. Today, we interview Krista Lockwood, and she helps us really dive deep in the concept of having clarity through cleanliness. Uh, Krista explains how living minimally provides opportunities to be more engaged, to have healthier relationships, and to have time to chase after whatever you want. Uh, She shares with us some tips on how to stay minimal, organized, clean, and functional that allows us to really have time to reflect on ourselves, our self-worth, and our goals. How when you remove the stress of everyday mundane tasks like laundry that keep us occupied and sometimes fighting over with partners that uh, what is left behind is like that scapegoat that we've created is just our true self. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to get inspired to start cleaning out the clutter and excuses in this episode. Stay tuned. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have Krista Lockwood with us today. And she is a master of of cleaning the house and helping mothers really find time for themselves. And I'm sure she can explain this so much better than I can, but really it comes from Marie Kondo or Feng Shui, or, you know, to me, it's almost organizing the things around you is organizing your unconscious mind. And I'm sure we're going to get into that. And Krista, could you introduce yourself and let us know, like, how did you get into this and helping mothers organize their lives? And, and what was that journey like for you? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to kind of talk about this side of things, um, the energetics and how it makes us feel and impacts us on our everyday lives. Um, but I'm a mom of five and in 2013, my husband and I decided we were going to move from Alaska where we were born and raised to Florida. And it's really expensive to ship your stuff from Alaska to Florida. And so we just decided that we were going to get rid of everything and start over. And so I accidentally discovered, you know, I didn't even know decluttering was a thing, um, or minimalism or simplifying was a thing. Um, and I, we accidentally fell into it because we brought one suitcase each and we got to Florida and all of a sudden my, my daily life as a mom, you know, and I, you know, I'm not, my husband is not a firefighter, but he's gone a lot. And so life got really easy at home as far as managing the day-to-day stuff, laundry, dishes, you know, kid messes, toy messes. And I didn't realize until about four years later that it was because we just had less stuff in our home. And I was pregnant with our fourth child. And I had a bunch of friends who were like, how do you actually like, you know, stay sane, seem like you have things together, your house is, you know, cleaned up. Um, how do you do that? And I started to kind of piece it together of like, it wasn't always like this. Um, it definitely in Alaska was a lot more intense. Like I was always behind. It just felt like my house was draining on me physically, mentally, emotionally. And then I was like, I think I, I just kind of started to piece it together. And I think I, I read like the, actually the Marie Kondo book. I didn't really understand it. And then, and then I started looking around my house and was like, she's right. But, um, moms can't really declutter the way that she teaches. You know, she talks about doing it all at once. And if you are a parent and you have small kids, you know, that you don't get, you know, you can't do big, huge projects like that. You've got to do it in bite-sized pieces. And so I started teaching my friends how they can simplify their homes and make their homes, their physical environments, less overwhelming, less overstimulating. And then how that frees up their time, their energy, their mental and emotional bandwidth to dive into like healing themselves and, you know, learning how to actually practice self-care, which is kind of a, a loaded word. Nobody really knows what it means, but giving them the space and then the tools to actually care for themselves, nurture their relationships, um, dive into the things that actually matter to them. And that's what I do now. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And, and, and this is so interesting because for me, I feel like, you know, we have dogs at home, so I know it doesn't even compare to children, but of course, when they make a huge mess and you walk in the house or it's like, we don't have time to clean it up. It's like, yeah, it's overstimulating. I think that's the best word for me is that I feel so overstimulated if there's a lot of dishes or laundry. And it's just like all this stuff that chores in the house. 
And, and really what I want to pick your brain about is, is the wildland fire folks, right? They are gone for six months, basically. I mean, they come home for a couple of days, every couple of weeks, and they ship right back out. And in my experience, in my own relationships, it's like you get back from a fire assignment and then you're totally wrecked, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. And then your partner's like, you know, you know, all on you about like doing the dishes or whatever, doing house chores. And it's like, whoa, like this is way too much. Right. And I think this really the distance and then coming back together into like this, this friction because of the house chores and the house mess and all those kinds of things it it strains the relationship even more. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, completely. It, it is draining on relationships, um, for exactly what you said, you know, you're going out to work, you're tired, you're exhausted. And then you come home and it almost feels like being at home is more work than being at work, which is something that I used to, you know, we joke about things so that we don't cry about them. Right. And I used to joke that going to work was the easy part of my day. Going home was the hard part of the day, but post decluttering that changed. And not to say that it's a magic fix. And all of a sudden your routines and your rhythms around getting your dishes and your laundry are just completely, you know, they just fall into place, but they do get manageable. And that's really, that's one of the things that I teach very openly is that it's not about, you know, just being a minimalist. So you can say you're, you're a minimalist. It's about having enough stuff, but not so much that it's overwhelming or takes away from your life. You want your home, all of us, whether, you know, we're pet because we have pets too. I think pets are just, you know, they are the same pets are people too. (laughs) And, uh, we want our homes to be a place where we can rest, relax, reconnect, retreat, um, pour back into ourselves. But a lot of times our, it, you know, our homes can really feel like another source of, of work and burden. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And, and so what are some of the strategies and processes of, of, you know, that you take the, uh, the mothers that you work with, like, what's the process you take them through to help them declutter? There's a couple of different ways that you can start. Um, well, t- the first is to start with something small because, uh, you know, decluttering itself is just another thing on your to-do list. And I assume that, you know, when you get back from being away for six months, the last thing you want to do is like more chores, right? And decluttering can feel like a chore. And so I recommend either starting with something really simple and small that you can do in, you know, five to 10, maybe 15 minutes, like under your kitchen sink or maybe your spice cabinet or, you know, your sock drawer or your nightstand drawer, just something small that's going to make you be like, oh, wow, like that was really easy. I got rid of some stuff. And now I actually, you know, I don't dread opening and looking under the sink. It feels kind of nice because you're getting stuff done. Um, Decluttering really is just a skill um, that anyone can learn. And so it's basically a baby step into doing bigger things like maybe your clothes, like your laundry or your sentimental items or, you know, furniture and trinkets and decor that we were gifted or or whatever. Um, so starting with something small and simple, the other benefit about that, not only like giving yourself evidence that it works and gets you excited to want to do more of it is that it can kind of snowball. If you start like, say, you know, you're cooking dinner and you're like, I'm going to do the spice cabinet. It's so funny to watch people do spice cabinets because they usually find like three or four cinnamons or like (laughs) three or four duplicates of something or something that expired years ago and they didn't realize it. But then it trickles into like, well, I did the spice cabinet. I might as well do, you know, the coffee cups too. Um, so that's one strategy. And then the other one is really just dive in to whatever's going to have the biggest impact on you for moms. Um, you know, especially if any moms listening or any wives here are listening, you know, you're doing this on your own for six months at a time, tackling something that is your biggest frustration point, like toys or clothing and just doing those in bite-sized pieces, um, is another way. Cause if you're constantly doing laundry or constantly behind on dishes, it would be the most beneficial for you to focus on that area. Um, so those are the two ways that I recommend starting. I'm actually pretty curious on like, if we start with a small thing, like say, I want to go through my kitchen and do the spice cabinet. And then I get really excited and want to do the coffee cups and then I kind of start to feel pretty good about myself how do I start to snowball that into some other things and really keep it 
like maybe I'll have motivation for like a month and then my kitchen's pretty clean and then the pets and the kids will come through and now it's a mess again. How do I continue to keep this, this process up? And, and what does my mindset look like trying to, you know, continue this for, to make it easy for the rest of what I am in my home? I love that. That is a great question. <laughs> and I think it kind of addresses um, something that we, that we all kind of do is like, we get really excited about something and we're like, yeah, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. I'm going to, I'm going to be the declutterer, but then we're like, okay, I'm tired. And, um, actually there's a lot to declutter. Cause I think a lot of us don't actually realize how much is in our houses. And so my, my biggest tip for everyone, and I have this actually layered into my course is to both observe what in your home. Cause once you start decluttering, you start to look at your stuff differently. Like what am I actually using? What am I not using? So observe what it is that you're actually using in your home and just kind of have like mental note, or if you like having lists, you can write it down as well of like, these are some projects that I would like to get to. Um, because I think that decluttering these spaces would be really easy. And then know that you're not going to do it all at once, right? You're not going to get it all done in a weekend or maybe even a month. It's an ongoing process and it does take time and that's okay. So intentionally kind of, (laughs) I, I intentionally schedule in rest times where like don't think about decluttering. Don't actively declutter because you're going to burn yourself out and then you're not going to be excited about it. And it's, it's what ends up happening is people get really excited about decluttering and they like want to do it, but then they replace the overwhelm of having all of this stuff and being overwhelmed by cleaning up all the time or trying to get it organized. They replace that kind of overwhelm with decluttering and then decluttering becomes a burden and that defeats the whole point. So I would say, just let it, let it be slow. It doesn't have to be rushed. Um, I think that's one thing that kind of separates me from, you know, like the Marie Kondo method specifically, which I do, I do use parts of her method, um, is just that you don't have to get it all done at once. And you probably won't because you have other things to do in your life, right? We have to work, we have kids, we have pets, we have other obligations. And so just knowing that it's going to take some time and you always have things coming into your house, so you're always going to have more things to get rid of, um, so does that help Ann? Yeah. And it's just kind of making something as simple as just like having that feeling of, man, I cleaned out the closet in two months and now I feel really good, but still understanding that like, yes, you can have that accomplishment, but just knowing that may, Hey, maybe in another month I'll accumulate a few other shirts or something, or maybe I need to go back through and I can spend a couple hours on a weekend day and say, Hey, I can have that really good feeling again. If I just spend a couple hours in a month or so, and then just keep working at it. So just kind of trying to fit it into your schedule and understanding that um, there is a really good feeling after that. Maybe could you get into a little of like what that can do for you and how that snowballs into other areas of your life? Yes. Yeah. And this is actually one of my favorite things to talk about because, um, you know, I think on the surface, you know, it sounds like decluttering. It sounds like getting your house clean, which sounds nice. But it's so much more than that. It goes so far beyond that. And do I can share a little bit of a story of of how this works or how it worked for me and how I've seen it work for other mothers um, is that we decluttered our stuff. You know, we moved Alaska to Florida. We got to Florida. My house instantly was really easy to keep clean. And I actually was working instead of one job to make ends meet, there was working two jobs. And so on paper, I should have been a lot more overwhelmed. I should have been a lot more tired, uh, a lot more stressed out, a lot more burnt out, but it was the exact opposite, which was so bizarre to me. And I couldn't, like I said, I didn't figure it out until like four years later when I started talking to my friends about it. Um, But I remember really clearly being in Florida. It was about two weeks. We had been there and my dad called me and he was like, Hey, how's it going? And I just started bawling like, crying hysterically. And it was just like floodgates open. And I was like, I feel so disconnected from myself, from my kids, from my husband. And like, and at that point it had been two weeks and I'm like, and you know, the dishes are caught up on like the laundry's caught up on. And so I thought that the reason I was so overwhelmed, the reason I was so stressed out, the reason that I was like, you know, always nagging my husband was because of the messes in our house, to be honest, like there was just so much to do all of the time. And so when we had that break and I was like, oh my gosh, like 
I'm not upset about the dishes and I'm not upset about the laundry. And like, I feel like I, I have a lot of work to do to heal myself and my relationship, you know, my marriage and my relationship with my kids. Um, (laughs) and it was the most bizarre thing. Um, but it was just that, like, honestly, if there's so many scientific studies about there, about how your physical environment overstimulates you and has you constantly thinking about everything that you need to do and is overwhelming and causes anxiety and can make you feel feelings of, you know, depression of like stuckness. Um, and then I experienced that so extremely to where it was like, I don't have any other choice other than to like sit with my thoughts, you know, my actual thoughts, my actual feelings, my actual, you know, things in my life that aren't going the way that I want to go and figure out how to fix them. And then I signed up for therapy and have been on this long path of like, how do I actually feel about this? Right. How do I actually want to connect with my kids? How do I actually want to connect with my spouse? How do I actually want to treat myself? Um, so I think it's a really interesting topic of how, how dramatically physical environments can affect our inner worlds. Here at Mountain Mind Tricks, we value you taking steps to increase your confidence, your peak performance, your leadership, and your resiliency. Our mission is to build safety and protect resources by developing the individual through tested, researched, and successful techniques. See yourself accomplishing everything you want in the future. See yourself in the place that you want to be, making the money you want to make, having successful relationships, being healthy, and being connected with your higher mission and purpose. At Mountain Mind Tricks, we now offer you your choice of practitioner for the sessions that will get you to being who you want to be. We have options available for coaching sessions, breakthrough sessions, fitness and nutrition, and breathwork. Go to mountainmindtricks.com and click on the alternative mental health button. Here you'll have access to providers and information to help you do what you've always wanted to do. Choose your practitioner and schedule a free call to find out if you're a good fit. Get information on how breakthrough sessions work, why coaching can help you reach your goals, what breath work is, and how transformative it can be, and how to take your fitness to the next level. If you're looking to solve problems in your life, become a leader, and operate with peak performance, Mountain Mind Tricks can help you get there. Contact Thomas or Ann if you're interested in a breakthrough session, which can be life-changing and is a proven and successful technique. Again, visit mountainmindtricks.com and click on that alternative mental health button or browse around and find out some of the other resources we have. Yeah, this is so amazing. I love this idea because, you know, I guess from more of like the shamanic kind of side of this or energy is is that, you know, the law of correspondence or, you know, as above, so below. And, And I think we, there's so many things where, we have these thoughts or feelings inside of us, and then it becomes a projection or something in our external environment happens, but it also goes the other way. And I love this where um, this cluttered house is actually creating or stacking on top of the overwhelm, like you're talking about. And and what's so interesting is, is I love this, how you, you tie this together of, of, you know, as soon as all those tasks were gone, the chores were gone, like there was actually a break from all that. It was like, wait a minute, there is a realization and there's room to grow then. And I think uh, that's, that's such an amazing story. And I, and I think the firewives listening, like this is, this is huge for allowing the firefighter to come home into an environment that's uh, more comfortable, that's safe, because that's a huge thing unconsciously is like, we want to feel safe when we come home and coming into an environment that's really cluttered and nagging and all these chores and all this more work. It's like, that doesn't feel safe. And I don't know, like most firefighters probably won't talk about that, but unconsciously that's really what's going on. And, and I want to get your take on that of like really creating that safe environment. And I'm sure this has a major impact on, on kids that are growing up. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love this conversation because it, it overlaps, right. Mom life, I think and the way that moms feel is very, is I hope, you know, what I'm about to share is resonant for, you know, firefighters, but also firefighter wives, right? Like we, that's a high demand job, very high stress job. And I assume that in your world, you know, people probably talk about like, you need to practice self-care, right? You need to make time for yourself. You need to make time for yourself to decompress. You need to make, you know, time to 
pour into yourself and get you, get your needs met and care for yourself in all these invisible ways, right? You know, uh, whatever it might be, therapy, um, acupuncture, your health, your wellness, eating well, all of these things. But when you're in high stress situations and high demand situations, like how are you actually supposed to do that when you come home and you have all of these things to do? Um, that was one of the most frustrating things for me as a new mom was like, everyone's like, don't, don't forget about yourself. Right. Don't lose yourself. Make sure that you're taking time for yourself. And I'm like, how, like, how am I supposed to do that? Like dishes are stacked to the sky. I have to make sure everybody has clean clothes. You know, we've got to deal with all of these things. And I just, I, I really think that decluttering your house would be one of the most healing things that you could do as a family unit. And for, you know, firewives listening specifically, not that I want to say that, you know, you have more to do, right. You have more on your to-do list to do, but really that's one of the most beautiful things that's come out of this is that my home really does feel safe and it does feel nurturing. And it makes me, it, my house supports me. You know, it's not like my house is nurturing my kids. Right. But my house supports me because it's easy to be in. We know where the things are. It's not super draining on me anymore. Like it used to be, which allows me to support my kids and my spouse and really connect with them. Um, and I assume that it's very similar for you all, right? Because your home probably even more dramatically needs to be that kind of a space for you, like a space where you can just decompress, not a space that, <laughs> that requires more of you. Right. So true. And I'm, I'm curious, Krista, on, on if you studied love languages or how this applies, because what I'm hearing when you talk about this is, is, um, you know, at least from the male perspective and, and, you know, maybe this might sound kind of bad, but it's really more like the, like having the partner, like clean the house and do the dishes and the laundry, those things is amazing, right? Because it makes me feel loved, right? You know what I mean? So the love languages are so powerful. And I'm curious if this comes up in your practice or your course of really talking about how not only is decluttering really important in so many ways we've been talking about, but it's also part of the love languages in the relationship, right? 100%. And uh, we talk about this a lot in, the, in our community, um, specifically acts of service, right? Because that's the most obvious one with decluttering. And what I noticed was it made it really easy, first of all, for me to perform acts of service because I don't mind doing that. I enjoy it. And, but it also makes it easy for my family to perform acts of service because it makes sense, right? The thing about, you know, living in a house, if you're overwhelmed by chores and, and stuff and having to clean things up and motivate it, the other people in your house are also probably overwhelmed by it. And depending on, you know, their ages, like for children, it's more overwhelming, right? Because they have, they don't have the, the brains that we have, right. They're not as developed, but if you have a spouse coming in from a high demand job like yours, then it's probably even more overwhelming for them, right? They just don't have the bandwidth for it. And so it really simplifies being able to delegate and to create systems that are easy. Um, so that's one way that it, it correlates with the love languages, but it also makes things like quality time a lot easier because you're not cleaning up all the time, right? You just, that was one of the, another really intense change that I noticed immediately after decluttering was we would go to work and come home at the end of the day, do kids stuff, put the kids to bed. And then once they were in bed, everything was done. Like laundry was done, dishes were done. There weren't any messes. And we just got to hang out with each other. We watched the entire series of friends, which, you know, cause every night we're like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Like all we can do is hang out with each other. Um, so it, it, it does support those, whatever your love language is. You have more time for touch. You have more time for quality time. You have more time for communicating. You have, um, gifts is a really interesting one that comes up too. Like people assume that because I talk about decluttering, I don't like, like gifts, but it's one of my favorites. And it's because you get to be so much more intentional, right? You're not just like, oh, I'm you know, buying all of this stuff all the time, like overwhelmed by stuff. So then getting another gift feels like a burden or giving a gift to somebody feels like a burden. Cause you're like, we're already drowning in stuff. Um, it really enhances, I think your ability to perform any of the love languages. Yeah. So 
the big thing I'm taking away from this so far is that um, kind of the decluttering process is, is a little bit of like an addition to your to-do list. It's something else for you to do. But the thing that it opens up is it gives you so much more time for everything else now that you have this big like weight of everything just kind of dealt with already. So then when you get to that time in the evening and you want to spend time with your spouse or your family or your kids, you have that opportunity because most of the other stuff has been taken care of already and it's easy to keep up with. But I think my kind of biggest cue here is that when people are super cluttered and when we kind of like nag on either our spouse or our partner or our family about the laundry or about the dishes or about stuff that's just not getting done and it's all this clutter and all these things that keep bringing up issues, we tend to hide behind those. And I wanted to kind of come back to your story, Krista, in like once you have removed those kinds of things those things that you almost like hide behind like man this laundry isn't getting done so I'm going to kind of pick a fight with my partner once that's not a problem anymore it opens up time for you to then look inward and look at yourself and see like why am I feeling these things or why am I not feeling these things like what is coming up for me and I just wanted to get your take on kind of what this time provides for you then being able to open up and really like self-reflect ah thank you yeah you you articulated that really well. And I'm so glad that you came back to this because I really do think that's where the power lies for families and individuals is that freed up time and that freed up space within your mind and your emotions of like, okay, so I'm still feeling some kind of way. Why? And I, I don't know that there's, you know, one answer or one way to figure out why it is that you feel that way. So one of the things that I do talk about a lot in my community as mom's already cluttering is kind of preparing them for that to happen. Because if you're not prepared for it, you will just, you know, replace, like you said, you're hiding behind your clutter, right? It's a bandaid basically to avoid feeling and processing and figuring out why you feel the way that you feel. And if you aren't prepared to sit with that, you know, literal white space, you know, within your home, like, wow, empty space over here, but that empty space within your, your thoughts and your feelings as well, you'll find something else to fill it. You know, you might, some people will declutter, you know, a ton, but then they go out and shop or thrift shop or, you know, join the buy nothing groups and just bring just as much stuff back in. And so they never really make any progress or, you know, they'll change, you know, use, you know, create, you know, relational drama within their lives to be like, to just, give themselves something else to hide behind. And so phase two, basically, and the reason that I intentionally work rest and not decluttering into my programs is so that they can focus on whatever it is that they need to focus on within themselves. The main things that come up are their relationships, you know, with a spouse or maybe with their children and, and trying to rebuild those, their finances, and trying to rebuild the way that they relate to their money, how they spend their money, how they, they, you know, save or don't save or invest or don't invest. And then their physical health, you know, whether, you know, they have more time now to, to cook at home, to exercise more, to really take their own health into their own hands. But I think the root commonality between all of these things is that they have more time now to focus on what they actually want to do and what they actually want to create versus staying stuck in like, I am just here to <laughs> complete my to-do list, right. To clean up the same things every day. Um, and one thing, and that you mentioned as well, that I wanted to touch on is that you can, you kind of touched on it. Um, but I want to say it for people who, who, who need to hear it is that when you're cleaning and organizing things all the time, that never ends, right? Like you can clean and organize your house over and over again, you can shift things inside of it from room to room or box to box or get another storage shelf or organizational system. And it never ends, right? But when you declutter, it's still something that you have to do on your to-do list, but the ROI, right? Your return on your investment is huge. And my, my situation is pretty unique in that I spent one month decluttering all of our stuff when my husband moved to Florida and then we met him there. I spent one month, you know, doing all of this work, this literal heavy lifting, not playing with my kids, ordering takeout because I just didn't have any time, um, putting my kids in front of Netflix and, and the iPad, 
just so that I could get this stuff done. And I felt really bad about it in the moment, but it's been, that was back in 2013. Um, so almost nine years ago, and it's been nine years of having this extra time and this extra space in my life to actually do the things that, that I want to do, that I want to create. And that's, that's the power of this really. <laughs> it's not about having a clean house or like a perfect checklist or chore chart. It's really about that. I want to guide you through natural wellness and holistic medicine, which means using products like essential oils, essential vibes, glutathione mouthwashes, or even reading books. There's so many products out there that can help us, supplements, essential oils. There's so many things about the doTERRA lines of essential oils that I use every day, like lemon to detox my body and help me hydrate, like on guard to give me that extra edge in my immune system with the pandemic going, uh, balance to keep me grounded and moving forward in my life. I use the oils every single day, morning, afternoon, night. One of the biggest things they help me with is sleep. I sleep so well because I'm, you know, I'll lay on the lavender, I'll lay on the balance. I'll feel so grounded and sleepy and it's lights out. And I know the wildland fire community just struggles so much with sleep, really the lack of it, right? On top of that, there's books. There's, I've written three major books for the Wildland Fire community, and, and I want you to try them out. Give them a read. Get the ebook. Get the paperback. Whatever suits you. But there's Overcome Anxiety Like a Hero. Really teaches you how to get into a flow state. Awakened by Heart Fire is really the spiritual aspects of Wildland Fire, and the Heart Fire anthology, the guided meditations, the Heart Fire method will completely change your life. And of course, Six Minutes for Excellence. That is a guidebook for wildland firefighter excellence, peak performance, mindset, all those things. So go to mountainmindtricks.com, check out the store, check out essential oils, essential vibes, uh, go to the publishing tab, check out the books. Natural wellness is all about taking one step today that makes us 1% better. 1% better today, 1% better tomorrow, and 1% better the next day and the next day. One little habit adds up to moving an entire mountain with our health. That's what I want to guide you through. The essential oils, essential vibes, books, supplements, whatever you need, I'm here for you. So just go ahead and go to mountainmindtricks.com and click on the shop and go to essential oils, essential vibes, or go to the publishing tab and, and check out the books we've got. Oh, that's amazing. I love this. I love this so much of really, you know, decluttering the house, but really decluttering the life or your life and, and so powerful. And, and so I want to kind of shift a little bit here and, and ask you about how maybe there's energy or memories or things stuck in some of these items. Right. And I'm curious on if this comes up in your program of, of, you know, how some of these items may be affecting us negatively or positively and how, like, how do you uh, approach that with, with folks? Oh my gosh, you are asking all of the great things that I love to talk about. Um, so I have a specific example of this I can give you, and then I can give you kind of the, the general guide, but the specific one that I want to share with you is a belt that I bought when I was 15 or 16. Um, I bought it in high school. I loved it. It was like leather. It was, I don't even know where I got it. I think American Eagle, it lasted forever. It went with everything. It was the perfect accessory. And I kept it up until about a year and a half ago, maybe a year, year and a half ago. Um, when I was like going through my closet and I was like, I love this belt. Like it's reliable. It works. It fits it. It matches everything. But I remember very vividly when I bought it, and what my life was like, because, um, one of the things that I started processing the most, um, when we moved to Florida, was my childhood. I remember very specifically when I bought it, what was going on in my life when I bought it. And it just didn't make me feel good. All of a sudden it was like, I would look at it and I would feel like, even right now I can, I can feel it again, <laughs> very heavy of like, gosh, like I really love this belt if I could buy it again, I would, 
but I feel so heavy just looking at it to the point where I didn't even want to wear it anymore. And so I just threw it out. Wow. Krista, this is so interesting because I have had this same belt for my entire fire career. So 14 years on the line and I still wear it today, right? It's still in, it's interesting. You mentioned that and I'm trying to like, uh, really resonate be like, Hmm, how does that belt make me feel? I'm going to have to really dig into that. Cause that's so interesting of like a belt or something so simple as this has so much, like we've put it on so many times or we've used it so many times. And, and for me, like I'll wear very specific fire shirts, like when I fly or if I'm doing something kind of dangerous, because that shirt has literally saved my life before. And so it's really interesting how these items, like they carry this energy, right? Yes. Yeah. And it can be both positive and negative. And so one of the things that comes up a lot for people is that, you know, they want to declutter, but they say, you know, I'm so sentimental and I don't have the definition of sentimental on me right now, but a lot of times we confuse sentimental with, you know, like a positive sentiment with like the, a, a strong feeling, not necessarily something good, not necessarily something that is serving us or making us our, our lives better. Um, one example that I have is my, you know, my friend who went through a divorce and she's like, I don't know, like, I don't want to throw away my memories of like our family before that, but it really doesn't make me feel good. Um, like, I don't know if I should keep this or not. And I don't think there's ever, ever any like right or wrong answer, but she said, you know, I, these are sentimental things, right? Like I need to keep these. And my question to her was like, do you, you feel like when your kids are older, you're going to be able to pull out these photos and share your story with them, share the good things about the relationship that you did have, share the good parts of your family, the way that it was when it was that way or not. And she was like, no, like I have, she has other things and that she has from the marriage that she can do that with, but those photos specifically she couldn't because she knows the stories behind the photos. And so ultimately she was able to get rid of those things that didn't feel right for her to keep. And then she kept the things that did feel good for her to keep. And then there are other people who are like, yes, you know, I, I can't keep these things from this moment in my life. And, um, for these highly charged items specifically, I don't think that we should necessarily rush into them unless you feel very strongly that it's the right thing. But, you know, sometimes it's okay to like, for you, Thomas, to keep your, your shirts and be like, these ones make me feel safe, comforted. You know, I feel like I could take these out and, you know, share my stories, share the, you know, the things that feel good to share, um, or, or not. And you don't have to rush through that. The other part of this is that when you declutter the other stuff in your house, you know, the stuff that's not so sentimental, not so highly charged, it gets easier to like really tune into those stories and be like, do I like these? Do I not like these? Um, one specific example of a really positive fun one for me is this pair of green shorts that all of my kids have worn. Um, like my husband, and I found them on clearance. We were really broke, you know, but our son needed some shorts. And so we bought these $2 shorts and they lasted through all five kids, like 15 years at this point. And I can totally see myself pulling out those shorts when I'm like a little old lady, 90 years old and telling stories about all of our different kids wearing these and all of the different houses that we've worn them in. And that feels really good to me. So that's also kind of a skill to, you know, to tune into how, how your stuff makes you feel. Oh, that's so cool. Like the stories inside the item. I really love that idea. And, and kind of on the same thread, I'm curious, you know, you know, more um, kind of back to the Hawaiian shamanism stuff that we do with clients is, is uh, Ho'oponopono is a huge process we do, which is a forgiveness process. And then we cut cords with that person or uh, thing. And what's really interesting is, is uh, sometimes we have to do Ho'oponopono or forgive items or houses or places. And I'm curious if, if forgiveness to these items ever come up for you or um, you know, energetically kind of cutting the cord with these things. Does that come up? I, yeah, it has. Now that you say it in that way, um, you know, cause these, again, kind of, sometimes you don't really realize things until you in hindsight, but with that belt story specifically, that's what I did. Um, I just didn't, I didn't have words for it, 
you know, I was like the relationship with parents was awful. The experiences I was going through was awful. The way that I was acting towards people was awful and not something I was proud of. And so getting rid of that belt was a very intentional act on my part to say like, it is what it is, right? It happened. Um, I learned a lot from it. I made it through it. And in a way I'm grateful for it, which is probably, you know, one layer of forgiveness, grateful that it happened. And I don't want anything to do with it anymore. I don't want any reminders of it, (laughs) right? Like whatever's left in my mind and my memory bank of that time is enough for me. I don't need a physical reminder of it anymore. And I'm ready to just let it go. So the last couple of years I had to quit coffee because coffee was like this liquid shot of anxiety for me. Like my heart would race. I could focus intently, but only for a couple hours and I would crash super hard. And my sleep was so off. I mean, I would be wandering the universe until, I don't know, three in the morning before I finally got to sleep. And then I had to get back out at six or seven in the morning. And I was groggy, I was tired. It just wasn't working for me. It's not that I was mad at coffee, I was just really disappointed. And so I ended up quitting coffee. And I've been searching for an alternative for a long time. And that's when I came across Mudwater. Mudwater is this amazing, amazing tea. It's got masala chai in it, it's got cacao, lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, reishi, cinnamon, turmeric, and Himalayan sea salt. And what's so amazing is that you feel the same energy, that same burst that you get from coffee, but it sustains all day. There's no crash, there's no headache, there's no dehydration. It's just this beautiful experience. And so yeah, I'm gonna say it, fuck your coffee. You gotta switch over to mud water because mud water will change your life. There's immune boosting properties, helps you focus with the lion's mane. There's one seventh of the caffeine compared to coffee. And so there's no jitters, there's no anxiety. It's just this beautiful experience with beautiful plants. So fuck your coffee. So if you want to try out mud water, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com slash mud water or go to the shop and click on the button. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com slash mud water. So one of my favorite things about the mud water company is that they donate a percentage of their profits to the MAPS Institute. It's an organization that develops medical, legal, and cultural context for people to benefit from the careful uses of psychedelics. So the you know, MDMA psychedelic assisted therapy phase three trials, this is MAPS. And that's so important because there's been some amazing breakthroughs in the research with veterans and PTSD and uh, depression and all sorts of amazing things that they're doing. It's so important to support this company. Oh, I love that. I love that. And so something that comes up for me that I'm, I'm personally working on now is, is that, um, you know, like dishes or laundry, like I'll finish the task 99%. So I'll leave one sock on accident. And I say on accident, it's really like this unconscious thing that I do all the time. And it drives my partner nuts, right? It's like, I'll leave one fork like that's not washed, you know what I mean? And I'm curious if things like this come up for your clients and and also I'm asking for myself, like what do you recommend for like really like holding yourself accountable and finishing these tasks of decluttering, of organizing, of cleaning, like actually finishing them 100%, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, this is is good. So I will put a disclaimer that I'm not not like a healer. I'm not a therapist. Um, I just- I've done a lot of it myself Just like, why do I do this? And I've seen people who are like yourself and, um, in our community as well, we get a lot of, you know, questions of like, my partner does this, like he washed the dishes, he dried them, he put them on the counter, but then he left them there. And I don't do that specifically. What I do is <laughs> it's embarrassing is just hide things in random spots throughout the house. Like uh, like I'll get a plastic and I don't really do it as much anymore, but when we left Alaska, there was like these plastic bags of like random stuff that I would never, ever need, like at the tops of the closets on top of the kitchen cabinets, um, shoved into the side of drawers. And so I would just like have these stashes of things throughout the house. 
um, that were not, I didn't know what it was. It wasn't anything that I needed. It was pointless stuff, but I was doing that. And I think that it was because as a, a child, one of the things that I did was ran away from home. And so I didn't know how I was going to get clothes. I didn't know how I was going to get food. And so I feel like me doing that was my way of like protecting myself. Right. You know, I've got these plastic bags of stuff just in case I need them packed away safely to access when I need them. Um, so obviously I don't, I don't think that's the same thing that you're experiencing. However, I do think that it would point to some kind of something going on within you that you would, you would need, you know, a childhood story or an event or a belief, um, that might be causing you to stay stuck in that kind of a pattern. Yeah, that's so interesting. Cause I think if I really dig down and, and, um, really look at this, I feel like it's like, I want my partner to take care of me. Right. And it's kind of comes back to that childhood wound of not receiving enough love kind of thing from my parents. And it's like, yeah, there's something there. Like I got to dig deeper and, and I want to get Anne's take on this of finishing things 99%. I want to get her take on this and also, um, how these stories are attached to these items. Man, there's so much good stuff in here. Um, I'll go back real quick to just kind of like, you just gave us the key of how to start decluttering and like the rule book on it. And it's like, start small, number one. And number two, if you get stuck on something that most likely has a pretty big emotional charge to it, you can kind of like talk to the item or really kind of understand what the story means to you. And if it's not really a good story or you don't get a good relationship with it, then it's time to get rid of that thing. And that's like the big key that I is kind of stuck on. Like, what if something I just like keep going back and forth on, but it's just kind of spend a little time with it and understand what the item means to you and what kind of stories it has to tell. Um, and that can kind of tell you whether or not it really belongs with you or not. And I actually, um, on a side note, have a belt that's the same way. I bought one when I moved to Wyoming for the first time. Um, and it was like my first real expensive leather handmade belt. And I still have it and I still wear it most days. So um And I also kind of wanted to get into just this idea of finishing stuff like 99%. Um, I would say that I do something similar, Thomas, and I actually, I leave a little bit more. It's probably like 85 or 90%. I'll finish it. Um, And I don't know the direct reason as to why that happens, but I completely agree with Krista that it's probably something that's kind of brings up that childhood thing of not um, really getting exactly what I needed when I was growing up. Um, but for me, it almost like creates something that like, I want to achieve things all the time. And that's, that's just my idea. So if I leave a little bit of something to do later, then I always have something to achieve. And then the problem with that is all of a sudden I start building up all these things that I'm like wanting to achieve later. And now I have like 80 things to do and it just kind of gets a little bit overwhelming. So that's where I think a lot of this decluttering will help. So if you start small and start working on these things, those things that we end up finishing, not completely start to wear down a little bit and sure maybe you could leave one fork out and just talk to your partner about it saying I'm leaving this out for you because I love you (laughs) but uh just understanding maybe where that comes from and understanding that uh no you're not perfect and there's always work to be done but just focusing on where that may come from and why that is for you and I really appreciate just being able as we kind of come back to that self-reflection of how we live and what we have in our homes um, brings up a lot of stuff for us, but it's also a lot of comfort as well. So just kind of bringing up that space in these items and what you have around you to kind of self-reflect and understand who and what you are. Oh, I love this, Anne, so much. Yeah, it's such a good conversation. It's interesting how our items bring up so many stories and so much potential for growth. And and I want to shift gears a little bit here, Krista, and I want to ask you about Okay, so we've done the decluttering, right? And we've made space for the reflection, the self-care, we're really like creating this path of growth. And now I'm curious about, you know, does your course or your program kind of talk about the feng shui, the energy of the house, maybe implementing or, or bringing like essential oils or crystals or energy grids or all those kind of things? Like I'm curious on like how deep do you go into the energy of the house? Okay, so... I don't teach specifically on this because I, I don't feel like I'm qualified to teach on it. However, it is, I, what I do, and I don't share this within my program. I just share this in my, in my, my free content, you know, my podcast, my group 
and my emails and stuff about things that I try. I think that's one of the things that I love the most about, um, having decluttered is that I've been able to try so many things. Um, I, you know, plants are one thing that we've been bringing a lot into our house of lately. We have two hydro gardens so that we can bring that into our house and it just feels nice. I love that my kids, you know, we have one for flowers and we have one for like, uh, like produce, like tomatoes and peppers and stuff. And it just feels so good for me as a mom to like have my toddlers picking tomatoes inside of our house and eating them and having flowers that they can smell inside of the house that they grew. Um, so I don't teach specifically on it just cause I'm not, I'm not trained in any of those kinds of things, but I do love to share about it. And I think that sharing those, um, I guess they're kind of high, high level things that we want as people, as humans, right. We want to be able to enjoy little things like that, um, that are actually really big things, but when your house is cluttered, it just feels so far out of reach. And so I like to share those kinds of things. My, um, my daughter is, she's 12 and she's very into crystals and very into plants. And she's got, um, lots of little things that she does. And it's so cool to me how natural that stuff comes to kids. And, um, she's so into it and she's really gifted. So I'll share things that she does, um, and teaches me, like she's got, um, gua sha <laughs> for her face. Like we did gua sha's on our face last night, which is like a crystal stone facial thing. Um, and like, I can do yoga with my kids. I, and it, and it, it just is the most natural thing in the world for us. I think to try all of these different energetic type of exercises within the home. And it makes it really easy to implement, which I think is key because even those kinds of things can feel like just one more thing that we need to learn about just one more thing that we need to even get right. Cause you know, having crystals in your home and having a space to set them up requires space. And you're like, well, you know, there's laundry on the couch and, <laughs> and the kitchen counters are full of papers. Like where do we put these crystals in a way that feels good? Um, and then of course I'm, I'm always kind of just like a guinea pig for different kinds of, of treatments and methodologies. One thing that I think is, I haven't tried it yet, but I'm exploring it is, um, Inter I think it's called internal family systems. It's a form of therapy, a form of group therapy, um, but you can do it within your home too, where you just kind of like recognize which objects remind you of certain people in your life. And, um, based on the stories that you have, um, current stories that you have around them. So like, if you're, you're like, which object in my living room reminds me of my father. And it's like the big dark coat rack in the corner, like that might give you some insight into what kind of story you have about your relationship with your father. Right. Or, you know, if you're like, which item reminds me of my mom and you're like, it's the big, beautiful hydro garden with all of this fruit on it. Um, probably indicates that you've got a pretty good relationship with her. Right. Um, and like I said, I haven't explored a whole lot with that program specifically, but I am interested in it. So, and I do share about all of these things that I do with my audience, because really what I want to do is just help them get rid of the stuff, like get rid of your stuff, start there. That's the best place to start. And then I can just share all these things that I'm trying and you can take, you know, these ideas and, and decide what you want to try next. All right, check this out. Mountain Mind Tricks and the Wildland Wellness Foundation are coming together for this amazing collaboration. This is going to be the most powerful thing to come to the Wildland Fire community in a long time, I think. And that is, you know, master plant ceremonies mixed with holistic medicine, with acupuncture, chiropractors, so the breakthrough session, all these things coming into one to support you, the wildland firefighter, to help you regain your mental health, your physical health, and get back to peak performance as soon as possible. Because when we work with master plants and essential oils and acupuncture and chiropractic and mental emotion release, when we put all these together, it is a powerful transformational experience that really it's it's beyond words because once you're touched by the divine once you're in touch with that healing energy of the universe with that innate power for you to heal yourself there's no stopping it it's like a runaway train it's like you're gonna start healing you're gonna have a transformation that has this ripple effect 
that goes beyond just you and your family, but to your crew, to your fire station, to your, you know, your workstation, to your forest, to your region, to the community. And really what we want to do is, is give you the most amazing ceremonial experience and back that up with the integration. How do you take those experiences and come back to 3D reality and implement them? Implement those lessons, those realizations that are so deep and profound that your entire life changes. How do you integrate those? You know, one of my great mentors once told me, it's like you get a puzzle and all the pieces are all spread out. But then you get to start putting that puzzle back together into a new way, a new possibility, a new way of being. And that's, that's what the foundation is working on. You know, the first retreat is the end of January of 2022. And if that's interesting to you, I want you to go to the wildlandwellnessfoundation.com. Check that out. And just schedule a call with Melissa and see if it's a good fit. Again, that's wildlandwellnessfoundation.com. Yeah, I love that so much. And so, Krista, where can people, like, what's the first step to this? And, and um, you know, just to kind of uh, tag off of what you're going, like, how, what's the very first thing people can do? Is it like Mickey, maybe making a list or like s- just starting somewhere? Like, what's like the first couple steps that you recommend for folks? Okay. So for simplicity and just like to the point, I'm going to tell everyone to go under their kitchen sink or bathroom sink if you don't have under your kitchen sink and declutter that and just see how it feels. Um, Get rid of the expired products that you have, maybe the cleaning tools that are worn out, um, the sponges and like scrubber things that get gross. Or if it's in your bathroom, um, you'll probably realize that you have like three bags of cotton balls. You can consolidate into one or maybe Q-tips or toothpaste or whatever. Start there just because it's so simple. And the funniest thing that happens with this project specifically is moms are like, I would take a nap in my bathroom cabinet if I could fit in there because it looks so nice. (laughs) Um, and that just kind of gets you changes your physiology, right? You just feel good. And then, um, you can take that, you know, that state of being and do whatever it is that you want to do next. Maybe it's read a book, maybe it's exercise, maybe it's take a nap, maybe it's make a list to figure out what you want to declutter next. And, um, a spice cabinet is also a really good space to do this just because you're, you know, you're cooking dinner. You can do the spice cabinet multitask and be like, wow, like this actually looks really nice. I'm excited to cook again. Oh, that's so awesome. So, so is there any questions that we haven't gone over or something we want to go deeper on? I think the one question that I have um, that I just want your short answer to Krista is say you have, maybe it's not in my household, but it's a friend or a family member that you really want to encourage to start their kind of self-cluttering process. I know it's very difficult or even sometimes impossible to get people to change their minds if they don't want to, but just maybe encouraging someone else to try and get on board because you think it would be healthy for them or you really want them to just kind of engage in this kind of behavior. Do you do it maybe by leading by example kind of a thing, or is there something that you could should suggest to them that maybe might get them on the right track? Great question. I love this. Um, storytelling, storytelling and communication. I think social media, uh, you know, I'm pretty active on there for my community storytelling, just like, man, I decluttered my, for me, literally this morning, it was the electronics box of random electronics. Like, Hey everyone, I took 15 minutes and went through this electronics box. It felt amazing. Posted a picture and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or whatever it is for them. But you can do, have those similar kinds of storytelling experiences where, you know, your, your mom calls or your friend calls and they're like, Hey, how's it going? You're like, I just decluttered my spice cabinet. It feels so good. I'm so excited to clean. And it's, it's not threatening. It's not like you're telling them what to do, but when you tell them those stories, they're, they're going to make some kind of a mental note, whether conscious or subconscious and be like, Hmm, you know, I would like to do that. Or maybe down the road, they're like, I remember you talking about decluttering. Like, are you still doing that? Can you help me out? Um, and it just kind of plants a seed in their mind of like, she knows how to do this. I think she can help me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So where, where can people find you, Krista? Like you mentioned social media and do you have a website you mentioned a course as well? Like where can people get in hold of you or interact with you? Yeah. So, uh, motherhoodsimplified.com is my website. And then 
Um, I'm motherhood simplified on all of my social media. I have Instagram. I have a podcast, uh, the motherhood simplified podcast. Facebook group is motherhood simplified parentheses, the group. Um, and then there's a public like page that goes along with that, but, um, yeah, everything is motherhood simplified and I do have a course. It's called decluttering simplified. I've got some, uh, like free content as well. I have a free checklist that has some bonus like workshops for how to deal with just in case clutter, you know, like I want to keep this, but what if I need it just in case, (laughs) um, how to make your own decluttering plan is one of my free guides too, but, um, it's all on my website. Oh, that's so wonderful. And, and I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your stories and really uh, helping us declutter our house. And, and really, you know, I think this, uh, you know, fire wives, stay at home moms in the fire community is it's such an important kind of overlooked uh, part of this community. And I'm just so happy that you're here to support them and in their journey and in their own, you know, mental, emotional health. And, And I think what you do is, like you said, it goes so much deeper than decluttering. We're really, really going deeper into the stories of who we are and why we think this way or behave this way. And so we can reflect and learn and grow. And and it's just so powerful what you do. So I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you, Krista, for coming up. Um, I really appreciate the kind of openness we've been able to create the the goal of creating more time for yourself and more opportunities um, just by kind of tackling some of these simple things just like this stuff in your house and you gave us like a perfect kind of outline on how to do it and now I'm super motivated to go through my closet so thank you yeah go declutter (laughs) yeah so awesome so awesome uh any final words for the audience Krista um yeah I've been taking notes as we were talking because this was such a just a really fun conversation first of all thank you for having me um I hope it's helpful for everyone and I um scribbled up a bunch of notes. The one thing that I had circled that I wanted to share is that when you do declutter, you're, you're kind of giving yourself the first step and a really simple step to freeing yourself from old stories that aren't serving you. Um, and it's just kind of a physical way to be like, I'm, I'm done with that. And then you can move on to the next phase of whatever it is for you. That's next. So I think that would be my, my final words. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Freedom from the old story. So powerful. Such an amazing episode. Such a great conversation. And for everybody listening, you know, check out the show notes. Uh, everything will be in there. So you can reach out to Krista and uh, declutter your home and, and get the free guides and go even deeper. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you all in the next episode.